This episode of She Explorers is made in partnership with Smartwool. Smartwool brings comfort, confidence, and community to a life lived outside. They construct soft, moisture-wicking merino wool clothes to help make your outdoor experiences more comfortable, which makes them even more fun. Smartwool wants to share their love of the outdoors with more people, which is why they make performance clothes that uncomplicate your adventures. Because they know that being too wet or cold or hot can get in the way of why you're out there, whether it's accomplishing big goals, soaking up the mental and physical benefits, or making new friends. And Smartwool doesn't just make clothes that help uncomplicate your time outside. They also support nonprofits that are working to protect our environment and help give us more access to the outdoors. We'll learn a bit more about two of their partners, the Nature Conservancy and SOS Outreach, later in the episode. Find out more by heading to smartwool.com. Go far, feel good. I'm Gail Straub, and you're listening to She Explores. So what's great is you can use business to do good, and you can make it good for business, too. So it's just a full circle that is really exciting. And also, like I said, just really gets our team motivated about what we're doing. It's not just about making money and making great products. It's also about using our platforms to make a pretty big impact. This is Jennifer McLaren, president and CEO of Smartwool with over 16 years of corporate experience in the outdoor industry. She's also a mother of two, an outdoor enthusiast and a mentor. When Smartwool reached out to partner on this episode, I jumped at the opportunity to interview Jen. First for the more obvious reason, she's worked her way up to be a CEO of a worldwide company. Then I started digging into her background and found some parallels to my own. Jen's also a New Englander who got her start in accounting first an audit and then a venture capital company before pivoting to the outdoor industry. I hear a lot from people who want to start working in this industry but don't know how to get started. It can feel like your skills won't translate. But according to Jen, you might be on the right path. Work hard, learn a lot, build relationships, and keep checking in with your values. As you'll hear over the course of our conversation, Jen is someone who's always working towards a greater good. It's a string through her life that's followed her into adulthood. I would love to hear what kind of kid you were and whether you were the kind of kid who knew what she wanted to be when she grew up. (laughs) You know, I, in hindsight, I guess I was, but I didn't realize it at the time. So I always actually thought I wanted to be a doctor because I wanted to help people But funny enough, my mom's friend was a director of nursing, and um, she was a little suspicious of whether that was a good move for me from a career standpoint. So she suggested that I shadow her for a day at a hospital, and turns out I didn't have the stomach to be in medicine at all. In fact, I still shy away from anything (laughs) that has to do with medicine. So, But at the same time, I'm really good with numbers and solving problems, And actually, my first job was working in my dad's auto parts store. So I think I was just destined to be in business and to really have a finance hat on for for most of my career, which is where I ended up. Yeah. Yeah. So did you study finance? You studied finance in college. I did. I studied finance with a concentration in accounting, and uh, it wasn't exactly what I was hoping for. I wanted something a little more um, inspiring, but it was just what I was good at. So that's what I decided to do. Hmm. What, what do you mean by inspiring? You know, coming back to this notion that I really wanted to help people, I 
accounting doesn't feel like you're really helping people. And so it was great starting out my career. I'm definitely kind of a business geek and just like to understand how businesses work. But, you know, over time in my career, I just didn't feel like I was actually living that purpose that I love to to live by, which is to help people. I, you know, people would ask me what I do. And I would say, you know, I'm really focused on helping people get rich, which didn't, didn't seem like a great <laughs> answer to that. So I uh, started trying to figure out how I could use my skill set in business to, you know, do something different that was more around my passion. And again, came back to uh, making a better impact in the world. Jan was passionate about spending time outside, too. Her first job out of undergrad was at a big public accounting firm in New York City, And while there are ways to tap into nature, she found herself leaving the city whenever she got the opportunity. So I grew up in New Hampshire in the White Mountains and, you know, just had a lot of fun hiking and camping and played a lot of sports throughout my time growing up. And then in college, I went to University of New Hampshire. Again, very, you know, great access to the outside and outdoors. Uh, Lived right on the coast in New Hampshire. That was really fun. So moving to New York City, you sort of went against all of that, right? Like your free time or spent just running on the, you know, the Hudson River, um, you know, getting into Central Park when you can. But I definitely found myself every vacation or every trip that I was trying to take was all in the outdoors. So, you know, we go camping off the coast of Maine for two weeks and just completely disconnect with friends and family. And that part was great. So it kind of kept me going. But at some point, the city started to feel a little claustrophobic for me and I needed to have a bit more access to the outdoors than I had in in the city. At that first job out of school, Jen worked as an external auditor, which means she visited companies and went through their financial statements to make sure that what they were reporting matched up with the accounting that got them there. It also means she worked long hours. I know because I worked as an auditor at a big accounting firm, too. We had something called busy season every year, typically January through the end of March and into April, where hours were ironically long on some of the shortest days of the year. Jen learned a lot, made some friends, and knew when it was right to move on. So so you decided to start looking for work outside of New York. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of my friends and family, you know, were in New England and the Boston area. And so I started looking for work. And I ended up at a venture capital firm, which was, again, in sort of a crazy financial uh, experience where it's really pretty cutthroat and um, super great from a business standpoint, but not so inspiring for um, what I was trying to to get to, which is how do I use my business skills to make a difference in the world? And so um, started searching again after a couple of years there in Boston and uh, found started hearing more and more about this company called Timberland, which um, I'm sure you've heard of Timberland mm-hmm. and especially coming from New Hampshire, but you know, just a great company all about making great products, but also trying to, you know, use their business platform to do good in the world. And it was really about pushing forward on sustainability and, you know, doing things that are better for the environment, but also going into these communities where we make our product and um, have, you know, have offices and just try to really engage uh, in the communities where we lived and, and played and help make it better. So, One of the things that the founder of Timberland would offer is 40 hours of community service a year paid uh, and really encourage us to get out there and make a difference. So started aligning with more with my values, which was excellent. And, um, you know, just worked hard, like always, to get into the company when I could and finally made my way in there from a finance standpoint. I, 
you know, started at an entry level financial analyst job in the global organization and moved my way up from there, which was really fun. I know you wanted to get in and work there. Did you have thoughts of of working your way up? Like, was it part of your like plan to rise (laughs) to be a CFO at Timberland? Yeah, it's a good question. I, I never liked that question of where do you see yourself oh, in five years? <laughs> <laughs> because for me, you know, I have a mantra of it's always about learning and enjoying the experience that you're having at that moment and not worry too much about what the future is going to bring. Because if you really stay focused in the here and now, the future is going to have plenty of doors that are opening for you. And so, yeah, I didn't I didn't have any aspirations to be a CFO. I didn't have aspirations to be a CEO where I'm sitting now. But um, it's just funny how your journey sometimes takes you there. Hmm. Yeah. And that sounds it does sound different from what I remember of public accounting in that so many people talked about I'm going to be OK this year. I'm <laughs> I don't know, a staff accountant that I'm a, a senior accountant right. that I go up, up, up. And then if I can't be this, then I'm going to leave and be like a VP or a CFO. And it's. Yeah, I like that philosophy that you have. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's proven out many times. I mentor a lot and I try to encourage people to just think about learning and, and experiences versus title and money. Because, you know, typically when once you get that experience, those things come, whether, you know, you're intending them to come or not, they usually do. So it's pretty it's pretty cool to just be focused on the journey and not where you're trying to get to all the time. Jen and I also have working at a venture capital firm in common. A VC firm invests in businesses with hopes of making a return on their investment when the company is either acquired by another company or if the company goes public. It's easy to look at Jen's journey and think, how did she go from being an accountant at a VC firm to being the CEO of Smartwool, a consumer products company that makes things? But there are a lot of steps along the way. Thinking about working in in venture capital, what did you mm. what do you think you took with you from that industry to Timberland and, and now Smartwool? All of the experiences that I've had have been fantastic, especially early on, um, like at the venture capital firm of really understanding how to grow businesses. You know, it's usually a high pressure environment. We are trying to grow a business to a certain volume and value to then be able to sell and Um, make your investors a lot of money, right? So just that strategy of how to take risks and what risks to take and what inputs you're and assumptions you're trying to, you know, think through as you make business decisions. It was, you know, I certainly wasn't making any decisions at that point, but it was great to uh, be exposed to the process and how people are thinking about it. And, you know, whatever company you're in, it is always about making those, you know, decisions that are really important for the future of the company and getting after sustainable growth um, that makes sense to the business. And so lots of learnings there. You know, I was there during uh, the dot-com bust, if you will. Mm-hmm. It was the boom and the bust. And there's a whole lot of things to be learned from that uh, that time period with companies where, you know, a lot of people just got ahead of themselves and invested too heavily in things and it didn't quite work out. But then some were, you know, shining stars and just happened to hit it right. So lots of learnings, which is a great experience. At Timberland, Jen's finance hack came in handy because it helped her take a big-picture approach to the company, all while taking on a variety of roles. 
But at Timberland, I wore many hats, and uh, that was fantastic because I, I was in the retail um, organization for a while. You know, I was an e-commerce business planner at one point um, early in my career. You know, I was in the global corporate organization helping to, you know, drive strategy. And so being exposed to all the different parts of the business was incredibly helpful for my career now, especially. And uh, what I love about finance is that you actually get to see the big picture um, when you're running a business because it's sort of how all the decisions impact each other and each parts of the business. So it was a great way to just learn about the consumer products industry and, and how a business runs in all of those roles that I you know, was part of. Jen spent eight years working at Timberland in New Hampshire, working her way up to North America CFO. We'll find out why she moved her family to Colorado to work for Smartwool after this. So my name is Gabby Hernandez, and I was in SOS outreach programs for nine years, and I was part of the first peer mentor class. Now I volunteer whenever is possible. Oh, that's so cool. So you wanted to keep being a part of it. Yes, I do not want to let go of my SOS. (laughs) Gabby is a peer mentor at SOS outreach. She'll never forget her first day as a child going through the program, and now she wants to give back and connect with kids. One of Smartwell's values is advocacy, a belief in doing everything they can to sustain and preserve the environment so everyone has the opportunity to experience the joy of the outdoors. SOS Outreach is one of the nonprofit partners they support. SOS Outreach combines mentoring, on-mountain activities, and proven curriculum to help underserved kids gear up for life. Gabby shared how on-mountain programs like skiing and snowboarding help build a connection with the mountains, as well as resilience to take on life's challenges. Gabby also credits SOS outreach to what she hopes will be lifelong stewardship of the environment and a relationship with the outdoors. Being outdoors and the understanding of it now definitely influences a lot in what I do, whether it is volunteering for a trail cleanup, uh, river cleanup, or just being more conscious of, you know, if there's garbage, I'll pick it up and store it in my backpack, even if I didn't throw it. Uh, Educating others of the importance of keeping our trails clean. Even now as an adult, now that I, I guess, have more freedoms, I definitely still do snowboarding, I hike, I camp, I do all these other things that most of the people that I know that did not go through SOS kind of shy away from, but SOS opened that door to me of there is more to life and in the outdoors versus just walking a little bit and then going back to your car. There's a world beyond that. Learn more at SOSoutreach.org or head to smartwall.com to learn more about Smartwall's advocacy efforts. Go far, feel good. We're back, and Jen's filling us in on how the people at Smartwall were one of the biggest reasons she decided to take on new opportunities there. First as CFO, and as of a year and a half ago, CEO. So for me, the outdoors you know, depending on the brands could be pretty intimidating sometimes, right? Especially if you're a core brand and you're full of pretty incredible athletes and Smartwool absolutely has that. They have just a 
you know, most people are pretty talented and pretty athletic here, but they were also just passionate about bringing people into the outdoors and getting them, you know, just super excited about whatever activity it was, whether it's um, we have an annual ski day where the whole company comes together and just enjoys their time outside and skiing. Or we do this bike ride to outdoor retailer every year. And uh, that was really fun to be part of when I first moved to Smart World because, you know, I never rode a bike, you know, road bike in my life. And they were like, oh, yeah, you can do this. We got it. So <laughs> let's get you a bike. Let's get out there and train. And we'll tell you exactly how much to train. And it's super fun. And there I was, you know, f- literally three months after I bought my road bike, I was riding 400 miles to uh, to outdoor retailer with my colleagues and just having a blast. So that's what's so special about Smart Wool is the people and the passion and what they bring and just wanting to share that with everyone. Wow. What a way to kick off that big trade show. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Um, so before we move into more of what you do at SmartWool, and I would love to hear a little bit more about what sounds like has been a constant throughout your career within especially the outdoor industry, and that's doing volunteer work. So at uh, Timberland, you did, sounds like you did 40 hours um, a year at a minimum. You got to be able to do that. And now I saw that you volunteer with Future Leaders Academy with OIA. And I would just love to hear a little bit about why, I know you said you always have wanted to help people, but why you feel like that's so integral to kind of parallel the work that you do. Yeah, it's and it's interesting to discover that over time because I hadn't really understood that's what was driving me or motivating me. Um, but it really is. It's being able to take a lot of what you're doing from a business standpoint and provide value to um, everyone else in the world that may not have the same opportunities that you have. But, you know, specifically mentoring is a great way to bring my business experience in and then also pay it forward a little bit, because even in my time at Arthur Anderson, you know, I had great mentors and great leaders to look up to and would take the time to help me, you know, think about next steps in my career, see where my strengths were and um, opportunities, of course, and wanting to pay that forward and help the next generation for sure. But and also about, you know, topics that I absolutely are am passionate about within business and working as a team, you know, I'm very, I love to talk about how to work as a team and, and get the best out of people. So, and sharing those learnings has been really fun as part of the Future Leaders Academy. But the other piece that I talk about a lot too, is that mentoring is a two-way street. So it's a great way for leadership to start to understand how the next generation wants to work and how they think and, you know, ways to communicate that might resonate more with them. And so it's been a huge just avenue for me to learn, especially being in a CEO role now where, you know, you're guiding the team and, it, and you've got to have your team on board with what you're trying to do or otherwise it's not going to work. So it's been a great way to learn about people and how they think. This mentality translates to Jen's role as CEO too. Coming to Smart World was so fun is that you know, again, coming back to the passion, everybody is trying to, uh, you know, just make it better. And the collaboration that really happened, especially with the finance team, was super helpful. So my mantra always is to try to, again, help people, whether it's in business or outside of business. And so coming at it from a partnership standpoint with all of my peers just helped me to get involved in the business and really understand it more, which 
was a great avenue to um, to my time now at the CEO role. Still try to take that um, same approach of helping people because, you know, ultimately, if you want to be too directive, it's not going to happen. So um, really understanding, asking questions and just help people be successful and work together. Is it ever hard to to have like the bandwidth or the time to be able to engage in the same way that you would have in a different role? <laughs> yes, it is. It absolutely is. Uh, yeah. In fact, one of my mentors today keeps telling me, you have to say no more. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> that has been a challenge. Um, and and uh, I love it, though. So it's hard for me to say no, especially when you know you're making a difference or, again, just trying to help somebody navigate through something that's really important. And, you know, when you're a leader of a business, too, you you want people to be sharing. You want them to come to you and and surface things that they're thinking about because otherwise, you don't you don't know what's happening, right? And if you're out of touch, it's really hard to lead. Mm. So you said you still have a mentor. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so naive to think that like you've hit a certain point in your career and and you don't need mentoring anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's so not true. <laughs> yeah, no. You, one of, in fact, one of, I love to learn from people. And so again, I've had great role models throughout my career, but one of my leaders used to say, learn something new every day. So you just, you need to make sure you're always learning because, you know, this, the next generations, they're a force and they think about things very differently than we do. And those are your consumers as well. So not only is it your team that you need to inspire and make sure that they're on board, but you're also thinking about, you know, you learn a lot about the consumer that you're targeting. So it's really important that you you reach out, you have mentors, you have a network of people that you bounce ideas off of um, because you never have all the answers, right? It's always changing. Hmm. How, and this is probably a common question, but like how have you found mentors over the years? Like a lot more people are working remotely or from home or they're trying to start their own businesses. Like what is the best way to reach out and find those people who might be helpful in guiding you? Yeah, I think it's a it's a really good question and um, something that we talk about a lot, a lot here is that once you start to involve yourself in the community wherever you're living and, and working, it's amazing how many people you meet and how many doors just start to open and you start to find that passion that's important for you and meet people because the best mentors are always the ones that are informal, right? They're just relationships that somehow you've made over the time and over the years that you can pick up the phone and call and ask some questions of. So um, some examples of that are like here in Steamboat, we have a really active chamber um, that focuses on bringing in seminars and events. Like we have Startup Week, which is all about small businesses and how they get started. And you just start to meet people that way. Or the outdoor industry is really good about um, having lots of networking events and, and programs. Jen volunteers with Future Leaders Academy through the Outdoor Industry Association, which is one example of a formal mentorship program. But there are other ways to get involved, too. You can join a local cleanup, see a speaker at an REI store, or join in a hiking meetup. You might be surprised who you connect with and where that takes you. So it's really just putting yourself out there, and all of a sudden you've got a pretty vast network to to reach out to when you need to. Mm, yeah, yeah, and like you said, it's a two way street too. So like, what? It's not just <laughs> just taking and taking, taking from someone who yes. already has um, the experience and has a lot to give. You know, gotta give and take. Exactly, that's right. I encourage a lot of people to mentor. I think it's a great learning experience. 
We'll hear more from Jen about aligning your life values with where you work after this. SmartWool wants to help protect the environment for generations to come. It's why they work with local initiatives like the Yampa River Fund, established by the Nature Conservancy, to bring people together for the environment. I talked with Nancy Smith to learn more. I am the Director of External Affairs for the Colorado River Program of the Nature Conservancy. I've worked with the Conservancy for 20 years now, so it's uh, definitely my life's work and also my family. The mission of the Nature Conservancy is to conserve the lands and waters on which all life depends. The Nature Conservancy works globally to do this, but as you heard Nancy say, her work centers around the Colorado River Program. SmartWool worked with them to establish the Yampa River Fund. The Yampa River Fund is a collaborative organization that the Nature Conservancy helped to create with the local community. It brought a bunch of diverse interests to the table to create a vision for the Yampa River, to agree on collective decision-making structure, and then to create a sustainable funding source so that we could make sure to fund activities that were going to improve the condition of the river for, for future generations. There are three main goals of the Yampa River Fund. First, to increase the amount of water flowing through the river through water leases. Second, to improve agricultural irrigation infrastructure and management. And third, to restore native plants and wildlife habitat along the river. The Yampa is the last relatively free-flowing river in the Colorado River Basin, and the Yampa Fund hopes to keep it that way. Learn more about the Nature Conservancy's efforts at nature.org or by heading to smartwool.com. Go far, feel good. I think it's, it's really important that you, over time, once you get experience, that you can start to target companies that do have the same values that you do, because it's just a better fit and you're happier at work, right? And we spend a lot of time at work, so you, you definitely want to enjoy what you're doing. We're back. Jen has always wanted to help people. When she worked in public accounting or venture capital, She didn't necessarily feel like she was doing that, but she was building a foundation of skills to take with her throughout her career. She was beginning to work for a greater good. As CEO of SmartWool, she can confidently say that her values align with those of the company she's guiding. It's all about using your platform for for making a difference in the world, whether it be around sustainability efforts and trying to combat climate change, whether it be about advocacy and and trying to get underprivileged communities outside and give them access to what we're able to um, experience. You know, we have other values that are just how we operate or like around openness, which I think is really important in today's world, especially where you just got so we have so much information coming at us and working together and being transparent about where things are going really well and where things can, you know, we can do better. Um, especially with consumers and and transparency around sustainability, I think is a really big deal right now. There's a lot of companies out there making a lot of claims because they know that's what consumers want to hear, but just being really open and honest is important for businesses. Um, So yeah, our values absolutely align very well with mine. 
The other value of ours that is really important, and I mentioned it earlier, is inclusivity. And um, again, what attracted me to SmartWool is the fact that it is very inclusive. Um, even though we have hardcore athletes, it's not about that. It's just about getting outside and having fun together. So yeah, absolutely align very much with the values of SmartWool. And uh, one of our last value is actually fun loving, So, <laughs> which I mentioned earlier, <laughs> having fun while we're operating the business and running the business and having fun outside too. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. That seems to be one of the biggest um, perks, I guess that's the right word, of working in the outdoor industry. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. That's right. Helps us attract some pretty great talent too. Mm, oh, yeah, I bet. Yeah. And in terms of the, I love that, that openness is something that you would use on a daily basis, like with your team. And then also um, something that you use in, in talking to the consumer, because it is important to communicate that because everything feels so instant today, you know, like everyone mm-hmm. wants like instant feedback. They want everything to be changed instantly. And that's not always possible, especially with consumer products. Um, that openness is really important. Yeah, absolutely. And just let them know, too, that we realize we're not perfect, and uh, but we're trying to make progress, right? And so we try, especially with sustainability, we try to say progress, not perfection, because otherwise you, you kind of don't get anywhere, you know, if you're just trying to solve for everything all at once and and being clear about the things that we know we need to work on so so consumers can trust us. And I think that's really important. What are What are some of the progress points that you're proud of? Yeah, from a sustainability standpoint, we have um, a pretty lofty roadmap from the inception going back to our grower community, where our wool comes from, all the way through to finished products and how consumers care. So we've really evaluated our impact on the environment and where the biggest push is that we need to make progress on, which has been really helpful. And so a lot of work has gone into that over many years. But the biggest thing that I'm proud of for sure is just our relationship with our grower community and where we get our wool from. Um, Ethically sourced wool is really important, obviously, from an animal treatment standpoint or animal husbandry standpoint, and just making sure that we're doing the right thing always on farm and be able to trace that back um, to the grower community. We're headed to New Zealand next week, actually, for two weeks uh, to visit our growers and to talk about our business. And what's really uh, was super insightful for me is that when you travel around, they're really interested in hearing about SmartWool and how we're doing and where our business is going. And what it comes down to is that, you know, their business is very much tied to our business and their livelihood is very much tied to um, how well we're doing and the work that we're doing. And so just going and sitting across the kitchen table, having a cup of tea, you know, with farmers that are third generation farmers, and they're super interested in what we have going on and just making sure that they understand where we're going and how they can help us um, we think about the carbon impact on farm all the time, and there's a lot of great work going on there just to make sure that, you know, they can plant trees and they can capture the carbon and so that we can start to offset our impact from a climate change standpoint. Um, and they're, they want to do what's right for us, the business, but also for the environment. So again, you go back to values that are aligned and our, our partners' values are completely aligned going all the way back to the farms, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. how wonderful to be able to go there and connect with them and, and see just like the start of the process, because that's really the first very first step of the Merino wool, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's amazing. And these animals are just I mean, they're just incredible. They're so sweet. And 
what I love about it, it's truly just giving them a haircut. It's not. <laughs> and as our, our farmers always tell us, they need a haircut. They can't live through the <laughs> through the climate like that. It would be like us never getting a haircut. So, um, yeah, so it's a, a great way to just see how well they're treated. And, and then, you know, showing the growers, too, like, this is our finished product. And so it's so amazing how it starts on farm and goes all the way through to our apparel. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It's uh, just funny. Like another parallel for myself is that my parents had sheep growing up. So, oh, no way. <laughs> so you can relate. I can definitely relate. My, she even had a, my mom even had like a spinning wheel. Like, so she made it into yarn. Oh my gosh. And it's fun to go in and see the families and hear their stories too. Uh, you know, these farms have been in, in this, these families for three or four generations. So, um, and just see how hard they work. It's, it's not easy. That's for sure. Mm, yeah. As you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a much smaller scale for, <laughs> for my dad doing it just for fun. <laughs> A theme that I noticed in Smartwell's advocacy efforts, they're all feature-focused, whether focusing on kids or preserving a river for years to come. At Smartwell, we've, we've done a lot of work around our purpose over the last um, few years. And what I love about purpose is that it helps ground you in who you are and why you exist. And so we went back to why the brand was founded to begin with. And our story is that our brand was founded by two ski instructors looking for a solution to keep their feet warm and dry while they're out there loving the outdoors and um, started to experiment with merino wool and created a ski sock that was the best on the market and completely disrupted what, you know, the sock category looked like in the outdoors. So really, really fun to, to think through that and why it was founded. And so we wanted to be more forward thinking, though, and use the platform again to really make a difference in the world, but also be core to who we were. And so the purpose that we live by every day is um, that we we think about ourselves in bringing comfort, confidence and community to a life lived outside. And so what's so fun about being purpose led is um, it's really an internal rallying cry for us as an organization to make sure that everything we do ladders up to that and and we live this every day. And part of the way that we do that is through our advocacy work. Um, so we have, you know, volunteer group of employees that are part of our advocacy team. And the mission for that team is really focused on providing access to the outdoors for everyone and then protecting our natural environment. And so um, that's when, you know, providing access to the outdoors for everyone. We partner with organizations like Big City Mountaineers or SOS Outreach where they're really going into communities, especially urban environments, and you know, providing these opportunities for kids to get outside and really experience what we've been able to experience. And um, the beauty of all of that it, from a community standpoint is that we know when you get outside, you're just healthier and happier. And so um, providing that opportunity for everybody is really important. And then protecting the natural environment, um, you know, as you can see uh, what's going on in the world is there's a there's a real call to action to do that. And if the outdoor industry isn't going to lead on it, then I'm not sure who is. So we're very much a part of that and just trying to make sure that we partner with organizations like the Nature Conservancy uh, right here in Steamboat. We helped launch um, a new fund that is called the Yampa River Fund. And it's all about making sure that we're protecting a really important water source for the entire western part of the United States, 
um, and, you know, making sure that it's the right thing to do from an environment standpoint, but it's also sustainable for the people that rely on that water. And so, again, it's such a great opportunity for our employees to get involved and feel like they can use our business to do something that really makes an impact in the world. But also, what a great way to use our platform to get those great causes and understanding to consumers about what these platforms are doing, like the Nature Conservancy and how they're making a difference in the world and, and use the, our social media to, you know, create a call to action for consumers that truly do care about in the environment, like, um, you know, certainly outdoor consumers and how do, how do they get involved and how, how we can all work together to really make a big impact and start to combat climate change, which, you know, they're telling us that we have, scientists are telling us we have 12 years to start to reverse the impact here. So, We've got a lot of work to do, and it's going to take all of us to do it together. And so what's great is you can use business to do good, and you can make it good for business too. So it's just a full circle that is really um, exciting and also, like I said, just really gets our team motivated about what we're doing. It's not just about making money and making great products. It's also about using our platforms to make a pretty big impact. I love what you said earlier too about if you're able to at certain points in your career make those decisions to apply for jobs at companies that where the the values align with yours like mm-hmm. to try to like position yourself there like it's not always possible there's often like things that get in our way or you know there's timing <laughs> all these different things yes. but like when possible to to kind of start to align like your values with a company's values and to have, you know, a bigger impact over time. I totally agree. I saw a quote recently from Oprah and it's not rocket science, (laughs) but I thought it was pretty, pretty clear is that, you know, for young people starting out in their career, it's like, do what you have to do until you get to do what you want to do. And um, that's sort of how I think I, I unknowingly went about my career is, you know, worked for a big company, worked in a big city, tried to get as much experience as I could in the business world. And then as time went on, I was able to be more selective about where I use those business skills and use it for something that I have a personal passion around. So I I thought that was really good guidance. Yeah. So that would be your advice too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So when you look ahead in your career, I know you said you're not a five-year person and I'm not a five-year person (laughs) either. But I do wonder if there's anything that you hope for. You know, I truly do hope for the fact that we can make change in the private world um, to make it be a better environment for everyone. We're in a pretty divided world right now. And so um, this notion that, like, again, you come back to the community aspect of our brand and in today's digital age, you can get really siloed. You can start to be pretty divided and not work together. And there's some pretty big challenges out there that I'd love to see that we can continue to work together. So for me, that's what it's all about. Um, it's not about my personal <laughs> career path. I, I, uh, I just want to continue to learn and be inspired by others around me and just, I don't know, just continue to engage in different, different programs, different projects and, and uh, continue to make a difference in the world.
big thank you to Jen for taking time out of your very busy schedule to talk. You can learn more about SmartWool by heading to smartwool.com. I'll also include links in the show notes to the Nature Conservancy and SOS Outreach so you can learn more there. Dig into She Explores by heading to our website, she-explores.com, or by finding us on social media at she underscore explores on Instagram, and she explores pretty much everywhere else. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, it'd be really appreciated if you reviewed it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, or share it with a friend. It's how I find all of my favorite podcasts, and I love doing it too. I just share the longest, shortest time with my teammate, Haley. Another way to support us and to join in on the conversation is to join us in our She Explorers podcast Facebook group. It's where we continue the conversations that we begin here and start new ones too. Music is by Kay Engel, Lee Rosevere, Josh Woodward, and Maiden via the Free Music Archive. Until next week, have fun out there.